Hello and welcome. My next guest on this episode is Michelle Mills Porter, whose life changed because of the Boxing Day tsunami. This inspired her to move away from her fast-paced world of marketing and focus her interest on human communication and charity work. It fundamentally changed the way she views herself and her life purpose. She's described as a people reader and is one of the top people on LinkedIn with platinum status. Michelle shares that when you are in touch with ourselves and resonating with our life purpose, then everything falls into place. You're listening to Impactful Billionaires, the podcast with award-winning social entrepreneur, Nayasha Kwaditsu, a For The Now media production. Why do you do what you do today? What is your story? Okay, well, the reason I do what I do is because a little bit a little bit like you, I kind of found my path through experience. So I was running a very um, successful company that I'd started from scratch. And it was winning all sorts of awards and I thought that I was on the right path. Um, then I, I went on a couple of holidays and I found myself caught in the middle of the Boxing Day tsunami. And it was my experience in the aftermath of that and what I saw in humanity that changed the trajectory of my life. Wow. So I realized that when you're in the face of true adversity, you can see straight through to the core of a human being. Um, mm. You know, what I saw was I saw I saw beauty. I saw benevolence. I saw compassion. I wow. saw something incredible that we seem to just hide under a bushel or under a mask in our everyday life. Mm. And so, you know, to cut a long story short without going through all the um, nitty gritty details, when I finally got home, I just decided what I'd seen is I needed to understand it and I needed to explore it and I needed to try and make sense of it. And so I just dived into learning more about human behavior um, and, you know, what made us tick and, and why there was this hidden um, kind of, you know, beauty inside of mm. human beings that we just don't show on a on a daily basis. Oh, wow. And so I started learning more and more about, you know, human behavior. I became a, a behavior practitioner and then a master practitioner. And, and wow. then eventually I wrote my own profiles because I'd kind of outgrown everything that I'd used. So I, I wrote my own profiles. And now I, I believe that I have... Um, the ability to be able to walk people through some of the analyses I have to help them to pull back those onion layers and find that magnificence that they have inside without having to go through the kind of things that I went through. Yes, no, no. It's quite, a, it sounds like quite a traumatic way to get there. But what a beautiful uh, thing to find your path this way. And, yeah. and how... Um, uh, uh, this was the, one of the biggest um, incidents which ever happened in the world, isn't it? With the global. It is. I mean, it killed uh, 500,000 people ish. Yeah. You know, um, 250,000 people were killed 
almost immediately yeah. and then almost the same again through illness and disease yeah. and yeah. displacement yeah. so it, it really you know it really did affect so many people from all corners of this planet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, i think the, the one thing about it though is that i felt you know this this collaborative compassion Mm. the world you know afterwards mm. because we started um a charity and we started to raise money um to try and and send it back to the people who'd looked after us and the people that had nothing left um and as we were doing that we realized that you know people all over the world were affected and were giving money and it just felt like this massive collaborative compassion and felt like a vibration around the planet and it was the most beautiful thing that I'd ever felt in my life and it it really did feel that we were connected and I, I, I've always said in all of my keynotes uh, since I've always said if if we have a common global goal then we have the fertile ground that allows us to be able to collaborate in the way that human beings were meant to collaborate no mm. that's what what was supposed to have happened and what a, a lovely uh, story to to have reached to this um point for you and um, to you know to have changed your path completely so what happened to the business you had that's a great question do you know it was i didn't realize it's only when i look back now with hindsight that i can understand what happened but every time i tried to go back to work i was physically sick you know i felt horrendously ill and i was getting all sorts of illnesses i had internal infections i had you know adrenal exhaustion i had the worst eczema on my hands on my feet that the doctors had ever seen um i had cancer i had fibromyalgia diabetes my whole body was saying no this is the wrong path now i didn't know and me being me i'm tenacious so every time something happened to me i bounced back up and i was back at work this isn't going to beat me and i wasn't listening to my body um and i think i wasn't listening to my subconscious that was giving me these signs through my body saying this is not the right path um and I remember once, you know, I went into the boardroom. I had 14 staff that I had to look after. I had to make sure that they all had food on the table. And I had a duty to make mm-hmm. sure that they could still earn. Um, but I remember going into the boardroom and looking in the trophy cabinet at all of these awards and seeing in the reflection you know, some narcissistic, fame-hungry little girl trying to prove something to the world, and I, mm. I recognise her. Um, and that's the moment when I thought, something's desperately wrong. Um, and, and again, you know, it took, it took a long while, and it's only with hindsight that you can realise. I realise now that I wasn't in line with my core values, and the business that I created that I thought was my core values, it wasn't at all. All of my energy was put into the charity. All of my energy was put into looking after orphans. Um, And that's all I wanted to do. And it's the only thing that I have passion for. So inevitably, I had to rehome all my staff and 
and close the business. And I just gracefully closed the doors without hurting anyone and just concentrated on my recovery while I worked out what it was that I needed to do. Mm. And um, I also think in terms of recovery, of what you've seen, um, uh, there's, there's, there's beauty there. There's also the trauma. Yeah. Um, could you tell me a bit more about the trauma uh, in terms of emotional well-being, in terms of how you, you felt after. Well, it's difficult to explain because if you've not been there, it's hard to imagine the level of trauma because you think that, you know, oh, you were caught in a wave, that's a shame, you know, um, I bet it was scary. Uh, that doesn't scratch the surface. It felt like the end of the world and we had no idea what was going on. And the trauma is actually wrapped up, and I'm not going to go into gory details. The trauma is wrapped up in when you see children who have lost their family, who are begging and crying, and you can't bring them home. You can't help them in the way that you want to. And and that's where the trauma is wrapped up. It's the trauma, for me, the trauma is the compassion that you have for the people that you've left behind that's mm. where the trauma is locked. And mm. for me, that trauma showed itself physically. So it showed itself in my body with everything. And now, you know, I told you that I had the worst eczema that the, the doctors had ever seen, this particular eczema on my hands and my feet. And even now, if I have an emotional upset, my hands start to break out with this eczema. And I know it's a sign. So my body is telling me, uh-uh, remember this. Mm. You're not going there. Yeah. Yeah, what did you remember? We've got memories. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, we're not always uh, attuned to it. And this, um, it almost feels as if you had to relearn to connect with messages your body was telling you, which normally you would have just been too busy <laughs> to, yeah. even not, <laughs> to be aware. I, you know, I thought that one of my, I think it, I would have said that my core value is resilience. You know, I can take yeah. it. Um, yeah. That's not clever. It's not clever. Yeah, it's not very clever. Yes. No, you have to listen to your body. Your body is telling you these things for a reason. Yeah. And even now, when we're going through something similar, and I must say, COVID-19, to a certain extent, is another common global enemy. It affects people, innocent people, across the globe. And that's mm-hmm. what creates this collaborative compassion. But if you look at that, you know, we're in a situation now which is similar to what I went through then, where people have been on lockdown and they're suddenly reconnecting with their core values. They're thinking, hold on a minute, do I really want to go back to work? To the way things were? Yeah. What's important in my life? Do I want to change my trajectory a little bit? Yeah. Yes. What what is important? It really uh, cuts through the whole... uh, Yes. I mean, this code is going to... It's really... I think we're never going to go back to being the same, even the way we work. I, I, I hope we don't. When Stuart and I got back, we wrote, we've got a whiteboard in the office, and we wrote yeah. across that board in big letters, we will never forget. 
Now, people said to me afterwards, when are you when are you going to get over this, do you think? How long do you think it will take? Well, I don't ever want to get over it because... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to forget, yeah. If you get over it, then that's disrespectful to all the people that lost their lives and... Mm. And you you haven't learned any lessons. And if we do go back to the way things were before COVID nineteen, then we've learned no lessons. No. What was the point? This gives us a chance to evolve, to become better. So yeah. that's what we need to do. Every child deserves a loving family, and that is why I founded Banya Fostering, an independent provider in nineteen ninety six. In the past 24 years, we have grown to become one of the largest agencies in the UK. We thrive to support carers and empower children, providing opportunities for brighter futures. Have you ever thought about supporting a child that needs it most? So far, we've helped more than 7,000 children in our care. I definitely think that we need to evolve. And I'm thinking that all these um, traumas and um, uh, major incidents like the, the one you had with the tsunami and the COVID is that it's, uh, it's nature taking its course and readjusting. So we need to evolve with it. Uh, and uh, I just find it quite interesting. You know, things like, um, you know, people are saying because of no airplanes, there's birds coming up and no, you know what I mean? And yeah. the thing had not been seen for quite a long time reappearing. And I said, that's nature trying to tell us, give us, give us a break <laughs> in, in the most awful way uh, of having this virus. Uh, you know, it could, it could have t- maybe it's been trying to tell us and we're not listening. So we had to have something major. I completely agree with you in the way that my body was telling me on a subconscious level, you're not listening, you need to change things. It feels the same. It's like the planet is going, you are not listening. You need to change things. And they need uh, something quite drastic has got to happen. Yeah, I, do you know, I was, I was just looking the other day and I share a lot on social media and yeah. people are saying, you know, they're seeing animals in their gardens that they haven't seen in years. One of my yeah. friends said he saw a badger in his garden and he lives in the centre of the city. Yes. And I was looking at the clouds the other day and I just, I took some photos of these clouds and I said, these clouds look like they're free, like they're allowed to be what they want to be. There are no chemtrails, you know, no, no um, no aeroplane tracks, clouds. They just look free to be what they're meant to be. They're meant to be. It's just unbelievable what we've done, what we uh, have, um, what we've done to the planet, really, and 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 to assume that it's okay without ever questioning it. Yeah. Uh, the question that I have to ask is, do you think that this trauma that we're going through at the moment is big enough to change our trajectory? Do you think right. it's big enough? Because I don't yeah. know. Do you think it is? I'm not sure. I don't think people are convinced. And I mean, it's such a simple thing. Like, uh, was it about two days ago? Um, the BBC reported uh, people in Bournemouth. Yeah. On the, did you see that? That oh, email? I did. Oh, uh, we we haven't learned anything. Half a million people swarmed to one beach in Bournemouth. I mean, 
that, this is my problem. Human beings are like elastic. And for me, elastic has a life. If you keep stretching and going back, then inevitably it's going to snap. Something's going to yeah, you can't, you can't keep bouncing back. You have to move forward. We have to learn and we have to evolve. And if we yeah. don't take on board those lessons, then, you know, maybe the whole world will snap. Who knows? Yeah, the whole world will snap. And it it, it, it does this snapping every now and again. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the world does snap and is trying to teach us. But we just, I don't know what, what we've done with our consciousness. Is, is it, is it, uh, uh, social media is it technology that we have uh, lost in touch with our consciousness or this deeper feeling of um, being connected to nature so we just yeah I think what I spoke about earlier this collective consciousness you know mm-hmm. this collective yeah. compassion that for me, that happened after the tsunami, and to a certain extent, it also happened um, recently with COVID nineteen. If you think about how many people were out on the streets clapping for the NHS and for support workers and for kids, mm. there is mm. that compassion. But it seems mm. that every time we try and get onto this onto this bus, you know, of human evolution and. Mm and collaboration that other things are thrown in our in our wake to 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 make us fraction again again yeah things we, trying to break us you know yeah. things trying yeah. to sideline us it's yeah yeah it's so if I'm, we're listening to somebody if someone is listening to us now what wisdom would you give us or tips and uh about how we can remain connected and remain um, compassionate as a collective of people? I think we just need to listen. It is so easy to to get back onto the hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. So many people are talking about getting back to normal or the new normal. The new normal is no better than the normal mm-hmm. unless you change Yes, yes. Unless you make some changes for the good, then Mm. we might as well have not have gone through all the trauma that we've been through recently. So in my opinion, we need to listen to ourselves. We need to listen to our bodies. We need to listen to our subconscious and ask ourselves what really is important in our life. And if you need to sit down and imagine that lockdown is now forever, what is the most important thing to you and restructure what the important things to you are, then at least then you will come up with some kind of list in terms of what you need to be doing more of in your life. And just be true to that list. What I found is that um, and when we're in line with our core values, then everything starts to flow. Doors start to open. Yeah. Start to happen. You start to reach people. People mm-hmm. hear you in a different way. So as a speaker, if I'm in line with my core values, people hear differently. It's not that I'm saying anything differently. It's just that I'm so much more authentic and people hear much more clearly. And 
you know, we also get more energy and we realize mm -hmm. that our performance goes through the roof, our energy goes through the roof, our fulfillment and our satisfaction goes through the roof. But if we're not in line with our core values, then the opposite happens. Mm, we yeah. get incredibly tired. We have no energy. It feels like we're wading through mud. We feel stressed. We feel ill. We, you know, doors don't open. They're slammed in our face at every mm. opportunity. Yeah. So to be in line with our core values is actually being kind to ourselves and allowing ourselves to be fulfilled. And if mm. we do that personally then we can find in in terms of the wider sense what core values are important in our groups in our tribes in mm. you know in our loved ones what core values do we share um yeah. and that's the way i think that we can move forward mm. that's just uh, i mean there's nothing more horrific than being i mean i've seen people literally uh you know, get into really such self-destruction manner when they're not aligned with their passion. It's so sad to watch it. Yeah. How everything is such a... Uh, and um, as an observer, you can see it, how they're so unaligned with what, what, what's important to them. But there's all these societal expectations, messages they got when they were children, all sorts of things why they're on that treadmill. They can't come off. They just cannot come off. It's so scary. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you just need something to stop that ride, don't you? So that you yeah. can get it off. <clears throat> definitely. Yeah. We, definitely, we need to, we need to get, get off that trade mail. So uh, in your um, everyday work now, what do you spend your time on and what, do you, what are you focusing on at the moment? Well, <clears throat> I'm doing quite a, quite a bit of work on helping people to recalibrate. Um, so I'm doing a few webinars for people that are that have been going through um, COVID-19, that have been going through lockdown and are not really certain of what their path is moving forward, but they know that they want to make a change. So I am helping some people to recalibrate and understand what their core values are. In the same way, there's lots of organizations who have people that are coming back to work. And I beg of them, please understand what your people's core values are, because as an employer of any organization, you are responsible for your people and your people are, you know, are going to, to make or break your organization. So you had better look after them. It's your responsibility to ensure that the different core values of every person in your organization are able to be fulfilled. Um, even before the tsunami, you know, my, my small company was the youngest company ever, I believe, to win Investors in People. Proving that I, I did always have that passion for looking after my people and understanding how to help them grow, how to empower them, because in return, empowering them, you know, makes my organization more successful and fulfills me. So I'm asking companies now to, to check with their um, workforce to make sure that they know what the core, the new core values of the workforce are and make the changes in the organization to allow those core values to be fulfilled. Um, the payoff for those organizations is, 
is that they get more performance and more energy and better results because yeah. they're happier and more fulfilled. So it's yeah. it's not a completely altruistic thing. <clears throat> it's something, yeah. as with most most things, it's something that um, that benefits many. Um, but yeah, those are the kind of things that I'm dealing with. I think the most important thing for me, and I do, I work with lots of organizations, but the thing that really fulfills me more than anything else is when I'm able to show people, to hold up a mirror and show a person, this is who you are. These are your prominent qualities. These are your core values. And for that person to go, oh my gosh, is that me? I'm really quite proud of that. Yeah. Those little moments are magical for me. Yeah, oh, they're just so magical, isn't it? It is. Um, you might be the first person who's ever even talked to, to them about what their values are sometimes. Sometimes, mm. I, think, I think that's an inspired point, mm. actually, because quite often you can go into an organisation and, you know, and that organisation will say, oh, yes, we know our core values. And they point to a poster on the wall. Um, those are not the core values of your workforce. Those those are, it's either a mission statement that you've made up in the boardroom um, or you've done a little survey um, with people in a work mindset. That's not the true core values of the people in your organisation. What you need to understand is how everyone in that organization is motivated because it's our, it's our core values that motivate us. It's what puts fire in our belly. And if you understand on an individual level what the core values are of those people, then you can move on and look at the core values um, of, of the organization as a whole and see what the patterns are there. But pointing at a poster on the wall is not your core values. Yes, no, definitely and, not. If you'd have asked me before the tsunami, if you'd have asked me what my core values were, they wouldn't have been horrendously different to what they were, but it certainly wasn't running a massively successful award-winning company that I used to call my baby because mm. when I was stripped of the chance of ever being able to have children again, thanks to an infection that the tsunami water gave me, I was never going to be able to call anything my baby. So to call this business my baby, that's ridiculous. That was, that's, you know, it's four walls and a building and, you know, and an idea. It's yeah. ridiculous mm -hmm. thing, um, to, to call it anything more than that. And, you know, it kind of shakes you to your core. When, when you go through that kind of trauma, it shakes you to your core. And if you come out exactly the same, then like I said, you know, there's no real lessons learned. Yeah, they, oh yeah. They, they, uh, there's no, that's absolutely, none, yeah, yeah, definitely true. You have to learn from these uh, situations which are, they're put to, um, to challenge us. But the other day I was thinking about these challenges when they come. They're actually gifts because the universe knows you can deal with them. And look what happened to you. You were able to deal with it and actually went a different path. And uh, I don't know why, I just feel nature knows that we can deal with it, whatever comes to. I mean, we might see them as <laughs> horrendous at the time. But later on, you just think, well, maybe that was a gift. It was something which was meant to do for me to be where I am today, for me to evolve. 
Yeah, I can I completely agree with that. And you know, do you feel that you are doing what you're meant to do on this planet? Definitely. And I definitely. What, what gives you that faith? Um, the energy gives me the motivation, the driver, uh, the um, you know what I mean. I just I, f- I feel it within my, you know, you know the thing about you got to trust your uh, gut feeling. Yeah. Because when 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 I feel mm, this is not, I always trust my gut feeling, and that's why I know that if I'm doing something which is not aligned to my purpose, I just. It, it just, I just go, or if I meet somebody, uh, or they say something, you know what I mean? It just intuitively, uh, that this is not aligned or this person is not on the same level with me. Um, and, um, yeah, it's the energy. So uh, that gut feeling that you're describing is our yeah. body's way of telling yeah. us, of warning yeah. us. So it is a physical thing. It's a physical thing. I don't know. It's very difficult to explain it. <laughs> but it is. It feels physically to me. It is physical, but it's our subconscious. And, and you know, I, I just wish more people would understand our gut feeling is there for a reason. That's our subconscious knocking on the door going, hello. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to do today? <laughs> kind of thing. Exactly. Uh, and, uh, and being able to listen to it. Because sometimes, honestly, the amount of times I've said it didn't feel right at the time, I should have listened to my gut feelings more. You're exactly right, because people never um, <laughs> have a problem with decisions they've made because of the gut feeling. If you ask them, the only time that they are cross is when they didn't listen to their gut. And I can tell you now, let me tell you a little story. Um, I've been attacked twice, potential people trying to mug me. And on both occasions, my gut instinct told me there was something wrong and I overrode it. So the last time I was going home from a very successful day of presenting to um, to a team of people in um, a company in the middle of Birmingham and it was, it was in the winter so it was by the time I left the office it was dark and as I approached the corner to, to go down this, this dark street towards the car park, it's the only way to the car park. And as I turned that corner, this guy went past me and my gut instinct said, whoa, he looks like a, a druggie, steer clear of him, you know, watch out for yourself. And then I reasoned with myself and I said, Michelle, don't be so judgmental. You don't know who he is. Maybe he's just a creative type person on his way home. And so I ignored that gut instinct and I carried on walking on this path. Um, and then I heard footsteps behind me. And again, I, I, I overrode my gut instincts. I thought it's just somebody walking the same way. Don't worry. And then they started to run. And then I just had this vision of me turning around with a karate chop ready to find that it was just a jogger saying, yeah, all right, don't worry. Um, So I just overrode that gut instinct again. The next thing, I was rugby tackled by this guy. And then a fight ensued. And I was screaming like a banshee. And and he was kicking and punching me. And he punched me to the ground, trying to grab my bag. And... You know, when when that happened, I just, I, when I was on the floor, I thought, that's it. Well done, Michelle. Well done. Not listening to your gut instinct. 
right because you were right this is a druggie um and you know he's he's after your bag and this that and the other and at that moment somebody shouted what's going on down there and i said i'm being attacked i'm being attacked and he said hold on i'm coming and with that the attacker looked at me one last time and, and ran off now the attacker didn't know that the man who said i'm coming had a broken ankle so it was it took him ages to get to me but when he finally got to me you know it was, he helped me up and it was all it was all fine and afterwards, you know, dealing with the police and all that kind of stuff, they told me that actually there was a drug den in an abandoned building and that they thought that they knew from the CCTV camera, they thought that they recognised this guy as being a drug addict and that he was probably just, you know, just by chance just trying to, to get something from me. So that's an example of, of being angry that you didn't listen to your gut feeling very rarely do i ever hear anyone say i went with my gut and i'm sorry it doesn't yeah. happen we yeah. need to listen to yeah. our instincts and you're quite right social enterprise success conference is a non-profit event that celebrates and connects social enterprises with a view to replicating them globally we offer mentoring and coaching to aspiring change makers and leaders to grow their social enterprise ideas. We create networking opportunities to connect with supporters of social and conscious enterprise. Do more. Be the impact. Yes, because you talked about it at the very early on, on that people need to listen. And, and so that's, that's his... Uh, such a uh, and it's it's so difficult. It really is very difficult sometimes to listen because we're just so uh, distracted. I think that's the only way word I can think of. We're just so distracted. Yeah. So um, as we really really coming to the end of, could you leave us with some tips about how we can listen better, how we can be less distracted? <laughs> It's that's the hardest question to ever ask, isn't it? Yeah. How do you listen? Yeah. Um, I think I think the more that you listen, the more you become accustomed to it. You know, yeah. the more often you look to the sky for a rainbow, the more often you see them. The more when you look at the stars when they come out at night, the more you search for the stars, the more you see. Your eyes become accustomed to it. Mm -hmm. so, you take that visual aspect away and you use the same concept with a feeling, the more you exercise that gut feeling and listen to it, the more you will be used to it and the more you will feel it. Mm. So you have to exercise that muscle rather than pushing it away saying, oh, don't be daft. Listen to what it's saying. Understand where you're feeling that in your body. Do you feel it in your stomach? Do you feel it in your throat? Do you feel it in your where do you feel it and recognize it and say okay I feel you I hear you and then from then on I believe that your subconscious will say okay I know that Michelle knows when it's in her stomach that it's a good feeling so that's where I'm going to put it there it is and we'll get more used to feeling that and recognizing that gut instinct I think another thing to say would be to introspectively look at ourselves 
to understand what our core values are. Even if you have to write a list and say, what could I not live without in this world? And narrow it down until you have a final list of three or four things that you don't think that you could live without. Mm -hmm. Then you've got some things that give you fire in your belly to go out and get a core values analysis you know then get a core values analysis done and you know have an expert tell you what your subconscious core values are to give you a a guide you know but you can equally do it yourself if you go through that kind of process once you have that list just remember what is it that stresses you and make a list of the things all the times that you feel stressed make a little list of the things that make you stressed so when you see something you say i'm really upset about that what is it about that that upsets you for me i know it's always injustice what upsets me and really stresses me is when there has been injustice or when somebody has has, has not been fairly listened to um, and that's what really upsets me. If you start to see these patterns, then you can learn to understand what your core values are and make sure that you're living in alignment with them. Equally, all the things that fulfill you and make you extremely happy, make a list of those things. You know, for me, things like, um, you know, um, helping people to unlock and, and reconnect with who they are. That gives me massive pleasure. So if you write a list of the things that give you huge pleasure, then you'll end up with two lists, one list of all of your stresses and one list of all of your motivators. If you can just have them up in front of you on a daily basis for a month or so and look at them every day, then you will form new neural pathways in your mind that make it habit for you to recognize your stresses and your motivators. Um, and from then on, it, you will have exercised that muscle a little bit better. Yeah. I, I think um, it's such a, a, a really a lovely thing to take away from this uh, a conversation in this, these things about the two list. And for me, most of the time, I feel that people are going about their business on this treadmill and they're not aware. They're actually not aware of these two lists. They just, and uh, I think awareness, being aware, just actually being, just making that those two lists and being aware that these are the things which matter to me, which things which stress me. That awareness, I think, is one sort of like 99% of the solution. Once you're there, yeah, the problem is not actually not being aware. Yeah, and I, I have to say, though, when you, when you write that question down or when you write that thing down as this is what has stressed me, let's imagine that somebody has cut you up in the car park and you're so angry and it's really made you cross and you come home and you say, someone cut me up in the car, car park, therefore one of my stresses is you know, is rude drivers, you've got to drop it down. That's not the answer. You have to dig deeper. What is it about that that stressed me? So what you'll find is that it usually ends up, when you dig, it usually ends up with saying, actually, that person put my life and my family in danger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or 
that person was going around the wrong way and that's unfair. It's not the way to do it. You have to be fair to everyone. There is always an underlying reason as to why that upset you so much. So you have to dig until you get to the real answer. Yes. That's just a really lovely uh, place to end there. I'm really grateful for your time. And um, I, uh, I really, really have enjoyed and I've taken a lot of takeaways from that. And I'm hoping that the audience will also take something away from 